This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Say that with me, step into the plan. And we learned last night how stepping into the plan is going to take faith. Say, it's going to take faith. Now tonight, we're going to talk about stepping into the plan. Say, stepping into the plan. And how provision is in the plan. Say that, provision is in the plan. So go with me to Luke chapter 12. If you brought your Bibles tonight. Provision is in the plan. And that isn't just talking about finances. It's talking about every area of our life. God is provider for every area of our life. Provision is in the plan. We're stepping into the plan and God wants us to expect provision. Expect wisdom, expect growth, expect favor, expect opportunities, expect increase, expect healing. Provision is in the plan. Say, it's in the plan. Now Luke chapter 12, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture, but I want us to look at it with fresh eyes and fresh ears and a heart that is open, expecting to hear something new out of God's Word. Will you do that with me? We're going to give God our best today, right? We're going to, no matter what our day's been like or how long you've been up or what you've done, when we come into the presence of God, we're going to honor the Word of God. We're going to honor the things of God. We're not going to let ourselves fall asleep or, or just be sluggish and come through church on the way to, to eat dinner. No, we're here to grow, right? We're expecting. Say, I'm expecting. Now, I need you to expect. I, I'm, I'm expecting, I'm studied, I'm, I've done my part, but what comes out has a lot to do with you as well. Okay, so that's why I keep saying expect. Pull, wherever, when you go to your home church and stuff, learn to expect to hear the voice of God. Don't look at the man or woman up there. They're a gift from God to you, but you listen to God's voice through the voice. Okay, expect to hear God. Luke chapter 12, say provision is in the plan. Now, verse 22, it says, Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Now, how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Verse 27, Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toll nor spin. Yet I say to you, even Solomon, all his glory are not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows. Say, He knows. He knows, he knows that you need these things. Verse 31, But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. So He said, okay, let's consider the ravens. Let's consider the lilies. If, if the mountains are clothed, if the, if the lilies are clothed, if the ravens are fed, he says, we're much more valuable than they are. If God took care of them, God's going to take care of me. See, he's got my back. He's got, he's got us taken care of. 
And notice how he says in verse 29, I'm going to read it, this out of the Amplified Translation. And he says, And you do not seek by meditating and reasoning to inquire into what you are to eat, what you are to drink, nor be of an anxious, troubled mind, unsettled, excited, worried, and in suspense. For all the pagan world is greedily seeking these things, and your Father knows. Say, He knows. Your Father knows that you need them. Only aim at, strive for, and seek His kingdom, and all these things shall be supplied to you also. So He says, do not seek. And then He says to seek. Do not seek. Do not seek what? What, what we shall eat, what we shall drink, what we shall wear. Don't, don't seek what we sh how this business deal is going to come to pass. He says, but seek. So whenever God tells us to do something, the power is there for us to do it. The grace is there for us to do His Word. He doesn't say, try not to. He says, don't seek. The power is there not to seek. And He says, seek. So the power is there to seek. Seek what? Seek His kingdom. Seek His plan. Why? Because He knows the provision is in the plan. That's why He said, step into the plan. It's going to take faith to step into the plan. He says, seek the plan because provision is in the plan. What is your part of the kingdom? What is your part in the plan? Seek the plan. He says, don't seek. Say, don't seek. Don't and then He says, seek. So whenever we see something in the Word of God, we've got to ask ourselves, how am I doing in being a doer of the Word of God? He doesn't say, try to do this. He says, don't seek and seek. Don't seek and seek. He says, the people who don't know God, they've got to seek. If they're going to get anything, they've got to seek. He says, but you, because your Father knows. He knows. Say, He knows. He knows. Our Father knows what you have need of before you ever ask. James chapter 4, verse 2, he says, but you have not because you ask not. The Father knows what you're created to do. The Father knows from a toothbrush to your home to your assignment to your horses, to your buildings, to your lands, to your calling, to your assignment. The Father knows. Say, He knows. He knows. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Before you were formed in your mother's womb. Before. Before. Before you were formed in your mother's womb. He knew you. And it says, And He separated you, and He appointed you, to Jeremiah was a prophet to the nations, but He appointed you to be you. So before, He's the Alpha and He's the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. So He sees all the way to the end of your life and then He comes back and He starts and He has provided everything for us not to just get by, everything for you to operate in your best. Everything for us to operate at the best. God's best is so much better than our best. And the Father knows. Don't you let people tell you, well, you have no need of that. It says the Father knows what you have need of. He knows. Say He knows. He knows, he knows the partners you need. He knows the, the buildings. He knows the equipment. He knows. He knows, but the provision is in the plan. He knows. He knows the clients that you're called to. He knows every... He has it already prepared. And when we realize that He already has it prepared... It can relieve us. 
of worry, ulcers, high blood pressure. Remember, Jesus said, Oh, you of little faith, don't, don't, don't you know that your Father knows what you have need of? Say, that's me. Say, He knows me. He knows every relationship. He knows every opportunity. The provision is in the plan. God is saying, step into the plan. Why is He saying, step into the plan? Because the provision for your life is in the plan. The provision of relationship, the provision of wisdom, the provision of finances, it's in the plan. Not in our plan, not in any plan we want to go, any path we want to go down. It's in His plan. Say, in His plan. And He's saying, step into the plan. The provision is in the plan. It's in the plan. Look at your neighbors say, it's in the plan. In the plan. Go with me to Genesis 22. Now, whenever he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and we're talking about the provision is in the plan, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, one of my favorite scriptures, I built my life upon it, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto us. Could somebody talk to them about turning the air back on, please? I really appreciate that. Genesis 22. Seek first. Now, before we go on, seek first. How, how are we doing on that? Seek first the plan. Seek first the king. Dominion. Kingdom comes from the king's domain, the king's dominion, the king's plan, the king's heart. Matthew chapter 16, whenever Jesus is asking the disciples, he says, who, who do people say that I am? Peter said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, others say you're Elijah, the, the prophet, others say you're Jeremiah. But Jesus says, who do you say that I am? Peter says, well, you're the Christ, you're the, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus says, that's right, but what has been revealed to you, you didn't come up with that. The Father revealed it to you. And upon this revelation of who I am, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The word church there comes from a Greek word, ecclesia, which means called out ones. It means separated ones. It means ones that are chosen to come near to the king and receive from the heart of the king and then take what the king is saying and go and execute the plan. Whenever he uses the word church, he's not talking about pew sitters. He's not talking about people who have their name on a, a, a roll. He's not talking about people that just say they're Christians. He's saying the people who are willing to come near to here. It's a, it's a governmental term just like the cabinet or just like the Senate, and they would come and they would get the heart of the governor, they'd get the heart of the king, and then they would leave and they would go and execute. Jesus said, the people who are willing to come near to me, receive what I'm saying, go out and do it, he says, these are the people that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Say, that's me. That's me. So we're not just churchgoers, we're, we're doers. Say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. James doesn't tell us, the half-brother of Jesus, he says the people that hear the Word and do the Word, they're blessed in their doings, they're empowered to move forward. The word blessed means empowered to prosper, empowered to move forward. He doesn't say the triers are blessed. He says the doers. See, we don't, we don't need a lot more information, we need more doing. The Word of God is not just informative, the Word of God is empowering. 
When God says something, it creates. When God says something, the grace is there for us to do it. When God says something, the strength is there for us to do it. God would never ask us to do something and then not give us the ability to do it. Say, I'm a doer of the Word of God. Now, now, now so we ask the question, how are we doing when it says, seek first the kingdom of God? Not second, not third, because we live in a generation, an entertainment generation, where we watch one show with no intent of doing anything, and then we say what? What's next? What's on next? We come to church, and we ask, when's the next service? But what are we doing with what we already know? We read magazines. Okay, what's next? No intention of doing anything that we read, no intention of doing anything that we watch, and we carry the mindset, or we have in the past carried the mindset over into the church, and we sit here and listen with no intent of doing any of it. But we sure feel better because we went to church. Say, not me. Say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. I'm a doer of the Word of God. So when he says seek first, see, this is the first principle to prosperity. This is the first principle to the covenant of increase. Am I seeking first? This is the first principle to finding the provision that's in the plan. Am I seeking the plan or am I seeking the provision? Am I seeking the the provision or am I seeking the provider? Am I seeking Him or am I seeking what I need to do and what I think I need to do? We've got to settle it. I'm not the provider. You're not the provider. Say that, I'm not the provider. Yes, God is going to use your gifts and God is going to use your talents and God is going to use everything that you put your hand to. You've got to put your hand to something before He'll bless it, right? But He's the provider. He is the only source. There's many channels, but only one source. Say one source. And it's not me, it's not you. Say, it's not me. me. Huh, that's a relief, isn't it? That is a relief. Say, he's the source. See, the provision is in the plan, but he says, seek the plan. Don't seek the provision, seek the plan. If we seek the plan, see, we're we're not looking at ways just to get money in. I'm looking at ways to get the word out. I'm looking at ways to add value to people. I'm not thinking, how can, I, how can I make all this type of money? How can I make a difference? If we make a difference, the money will come. If we add value, money will come. If we get the word out, money will come. We focus on making a difference. We focus on being the best us we can be. True success, right? If we're focused on being the best us we can be, we're knowing Him, we're operating in our gifts, our strengths, our talents, our callings. Resources have to come because you're seeking the plan. You're seeking the one who knows the plan, who has the plan. Now you're executing the plan. Now the provision is in the plan. If you've grown up and in this society, there are so many things fighting for our attention to get us distracted from the plan. Mark chapter 4, verse 19, the Amplified, it says, The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, enter in and choke the word. Why does the enemy want us to get distracted with other things? Because it chokes the word. It gets us off the plan. And if we get off the plan, then we get away from our provision. And we think, if I seek the provision, I'm going to have the provision. And God says, if you'll seek the plan, provision has to come. Provision is in the plan. Say, it's in the plan. Provision is in the plan. Now, people uh, get upset about, well, bless God, I, I've got to work. Yeah, you do need to work. 
but God's still the provider. Bless God, my family comes first. That's not what God says. That's an honorable thing to want to take care of our family. It's an honorable thing, but it still doesn't come before our relationship with God. Because the provision is in the plan. Now this is a shift in the body of Christ because we work our tail off seeking the provision. But he says the provision is in the plan. Seek the plan. Focus on the plan. Seek Him and everything else will be added unto us. How are we doing? Are we positioning ourselves for provision to come just like God promised it? The provision is in the plan. Genesis 22, are you there? You're like, yeah, I got there a long time ago. Where are you at? Genesis 22. I'm just going to kind of read through this. You can look at it in your own time. Pull out some very important things. Say, provision is in the plan. It says, now it came to pass, verse 1, after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. We could learn something from that, right? When God is, is saying, step into the plan, when God is asking us to do something, what's your response? Is it, here I am? You know, is it, is it like the mother of Jesus, Lord, let it be done unto me according to your word? Or is it, oh, Lord, can I get back to you later? No, Abraham said, here I am. Say, here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early three days later as he kicked the dirt and he threw a sucker in the dirt. No, that's not what he said. He said, Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place for which God told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder to worship, and we will come back to you. Notice that faith statement. So Abraham's being obedient quickly, quickly, and quietly. Right? Isaiah one nineteen says, Those who are willing and obedient, eat the good of the land, have the good of the land. Say willing, willing. And, obedient. and obedient. How willing are we? Psalms 110 says, in the day of His power, His people are willing. If I want to walk in more of the power of God, and how many of you want to walk in more of the power of God? Every single one of us. He says, willingness is a key factor in walking in the manifestations of the things of God. Lord, help me to be willing. Abraham was willing. He got up early. He obeyed quickly. Say quickly. 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 How quick are we in obeying what the Word says and what the Holy Spirit says? Because delayed obedience is disobedience. Now, every one of us have delayed in our obedience before, haven't we? But today's the new day. Lord, help us be willing and quick to obey. Say, quick to obey. Verse 6, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, God will provide. Say, He will provide. He will provide. 
for himself the land for a burnt offering. So the two of them went on together. Verse 9. Then they came to the place for which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Notice the obedience of his son. Where did he learn that trust and where did he learn that obedience? By watching his dad. Parents, our kids are picking up what we're doing and not just what we're saying. But they're good accountability for us, aren't they? Notice Isaac, he had the strength to resist his dad. But out of honor and out of respect for authority, he trusted his dad. How well do you trust authority? In a rebellious society, there's not a whole lot of trust and not a whole lot of honor across the board from our president to men and women of God to bosses to any type of leadership, women honoring their husband in the homes. You don't see a lot of it anymore. And where there is dishonor and disorder, there's no power of God. As we travel around the country, there's some key things that we see in churches where there's no honor for the Word, the worship, they're not going after the things of God, they're not givers, they disrespect authority, there's no power, there's no signs, there's no wonders, there's no miracles. Does God want to show up? You better believe God wants to show up. But there's some key things in an environment for God to show up. God is drawn to honor. God is drawn to respect. He wants people that are after His heart. So to the degree of our honor, to the degree of our respect, it opens up an opportunity for God to dwell, for God's manifested presence to show up in our life. Every one of us desire that, right? But are we willing to do what needs to be done? Woo, this is fun, isn't it? Verse 9, Then they came to the place for which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar and upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. <laughs> there he is once again. Say, Willing. Verse 12, and he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. There behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And so Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Verse 14, and Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. As it is said of this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Verse 15, And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply, your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore, and the descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies." Verse 18, And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Does your decisions make a difference for future generations? Because you have obeyed my voice, he says, I'm going to bless your descendants. You know, you and I are descendants of Abraham. But notice, I want to ask you a question. Where was the ram 24 hours before this? 
Where was the ram 48 hours before this? Where was the ram three days before this? As Abraham began to obey, the ram was eaten, and all of a sudden he had an urge to go right. And then as Abraham kept obeying, he had another urge to go left. And as Abraham kept stepping into the plan and obeying God, the, the ram made its way up to the top of the mountain, had his horn stuck, the right place, at the right time. The provision was there before the foundation of the world. The provision was in the plan. But if he would have stopped obeying, he never would have stepped into the provision. Where is your provision? It's on the way. Where is your provision? It's going to be according to your obedience. Where is your provision? Are you stepping into the plan? Provision is in the plan. Now, can you see the provision? Maybe not at this time, but you need to see it in here. He said, at this place, Jehovah Jireh is the name of God that was pronounced. This is the first time it was introduced. Jehovah Jireh means God will provide. God will provide. Think about provide. Think about the word provision. Pro means before. Vision means to see. Before, God always sees your provision before you ever started this race. He already sees it. He already has it. Before you ever step foot on this earth, He's already provided to you and provided for you in excellence, not barely getting by. He's provided from a, a toothbrush to a shoelace to a horse to a house to whatever it is you need to be the best you, you can be. He will provide. But where do we find the provision? In the plan. Provision is in the plan. He says, seek the plan and the provision is in the plan. Where's your provision? If you're obeying what God has told you to do, it's on the way. If you're obeying what God has told you to do, He already has it provided. He already has it provided. I don't care how big it is, you're not going to catch God off guard. You're not going to surprise God. You're not going to make the lights in heaven flicker because of what you're praying about or what you're called to do. It, it isn't going to catch Him by surprise. He already has it provided. The provision is in the plan. The provision is in the plan. Seek the plan. And provision has to come. Go with me to, to Romans chapter 4. Say, provision is in the plan. Provision is in the plan. Say, I'm so glad I came tonight. Lord, we just appreciate your help. We appreciate insight. Provision is in the plan. Say, provision is in the plan. Now, we do realize that God is a God of preparation, right? Have you ever prepared for something before and you felt really prepared? Isn't that a good feeling? Where, where does that come from? Because God is a God of preparation. Now, have you ever not prepared for something and, and you knew you should have checked on something or you knew you should have prepared more and isn't that a cruddy feeling whenever you're not prepared? Why is that? Because lack of preparation is preparing to fail. Right? Lack of preparation is not of God. Preparation, He already prepared everything you need before you ever showed up here. But the provision is in the plan. Provision is uncovered. Provision intersects when we stay in the plan. What did Jesus say in John 14 too? He says, I go to prepare a place for you. He's already prepared a place for you. For us, He's already prepared the relationships. He's already prepared the provision. You know, He already has every a bit of provision prepared for every business, 
for every family, for every ministry, for every church, for every assignment, for whatever one of us in this room are called to do. He already has it prepared. But how do we tap into it? How do we receive it? How do we walk into it? We get into the plan. Provision is in where? It's in the plan. Provision's in the plan. He says, seek the plan. Seek the plan. Seek the plan. Provision is in the plan. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version first, then we'll read in the Amplified. Now this is before Abraham and Sarah had Isaac. We just, we just read about how Abraham was willing to offer up Isaac, what he had believed God for, to God. And he said, because you've obeyed me, he says, I'm going to bless you. Obedience brings blessing, Right? Now, let's go back to the beginning stages here. And, and Abraham's developing his relationship with God because it's a process of us becoming everything God's called and created us to be. Amen? So Romans chapter 4, verse 17, it says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now, if you write in your Bible, I have made you a father of many nations. God had already made Abraham something just like he's already made you something. He's already made you healed. He's already made you blessed. He's already made you a victorious warrior. He's already made you a leader. He's already made you anointed to get wealth. He's already made you in His image and His likeness. He's already made you. Remember we, we read last time in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says that He who knew no sin was made sin, that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In the Amplified, it says He made us what we ought to be. What we ought to be is in right relationship with God. What we ought to be is an overcomer. What we ought to be is a conqueror. What we ought to be is a victorious warrior. That's what we ought to be. Look at your neighbor and say, that's what you ought to be. So here God has said, I have made you a father of many nations. Notice this is before there was one child in the natural. But God is speaking to His potential. Just like when you get in the presence of God, God is going to speak to you to your potential. He's not going to speak to you necessarily where you came from or what just where you're at right now. He speaks to you from your potential. He's always in front of us inviting us to be who He's called and created us to be. To Abraham, before there was a child, he said, This is what I've made you. I've made you a father of many nations. And Abram went on to change his name. To father of many nations. So whenever people call him Abraham, even though he had no child, what they're saying, father of many nations, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed. In the presence of him whom he believed. How important is it for us to believe? Mark 9.23 says, All things are possible to those who... Believe, right? John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Our, our belief is huge. But true belief is doing. It's like the two sides of the coin, right? You can't have a two-headed coin, a heads. It has to have a heads and a tail in order to be used in this, in this country's currency, right? If, if it has two heads, you can't use it. Well, a lot of times we say we have belief, but the other side of the coin is action. If I truly believe something, I'm going to act. If I truly believe that if there's a fire or something, I can sit here and say, I believe the fire extinguisher. If I grab it, I believe it's going to put the fire out. I believe it's going to put the fire out. And it could cook my biscuits and I could be, have a barbecue. But is what I believe true? 
Yes, but true belief acts on what we believe. So he said, in the presence of God, whom he believed. God said, I've made you a father of many nations. Notice he said, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. In the Amplified, it says, as it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God, whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. So he said, okay, I've made you, I've made you something, Abraham. Just like he's speaking to you and I in this plan. God had a plan for Abraham and he begins to talk to him about the plan. And he says, the provision is in the plan. But Abraham, it's going to take all of you. It's going to take your mind. It's going to take your heart. It's going to take your mouth. It's going to take your physical action in order for the provision to show up in the plan. But in the presence of God in whom he believes, say believe. believe. It says that God began to talk to him about things that didn't seem to exist and talk, talk to them like they did exist. He said he called things that be not, it didn't seem like they were there, as though they were. Example, you go out to the barn and your horse is not in the barn and you want to feed the horse. What are you going to do if the horse isn't up from the pasture? What are you going to do? You're going to call him, right? You go out to, to feed Ubu out there at night and Ubu's not there. What are, you going to, what are you going to do? You're going to call Ubu, right? You go out there to feed Fluffy. Fluffy is not there. What are you going to do? You're going to call Fluffy, right? But a lot of times in church, we just say, well, bless God, I'm just, I'm just going to tell it like it is. No, if you don't call Fluffy, Fluffy's not coming. You don't call Ubu, Ubu's not coming. You don't call the horses, horses are not coming. So on the plan, he says, call your body healed, even though it doesn't appear healed. If you, don't, if you need healing, he says, call it. If your money is not there, he says, call it. If your relationships are not there, he says, call it. Well, bless God, I'm just going to tell it like it is. You don't, call, you don't say, Ubu's not here, so I'm not feeding Ubu. Uh, that's just, just the way it is. No, Ubu's gone, you call him. Call Ubu. Healing's not there, call healing. If provision is not there, call provision. If relationships are not there, call relationships. If doors are not open, call them open. Years ago, the Lord says, Trey, don't you, don't you look at your financial situation and you see the numbers. I want you to see the scripture. Philippians 4.19, my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. I want you to see Malachi 3.10, that he opens the windows of heaven and pours out the blessing. There's not room enough to receive. I want you to see Luke 6.38, you give and it's given unto me. I want you to be moved by my word and not by money. If you're moved by money, you'll never do what God's called you to do. If you let money tell you what to do, you will never accomplish what God has called and created you to do. Tell money what to do, and what are you going to do if money's not there? You're going to call it. Yeah. My body, it does not tell me what to do. I tell my body what it's going to do. Body, you listen to me. If healing is not there, what am I going to do? I'm going to call it. Body, you're healed. Even while there's symptoms, uh-uh, I'm not moved by symptoms. I'm only moved by the Word. Even when you might have fever, even when the doctor report says this, you feel the symptoms. The whole time you're feeling the symptoms, what do you do? You call your body healed. Well, bless God, that's lying. It would be lying if you wouldn't be saying what God's Word says. You can't say what God's Word says and be lying at the same time. Faith is not denying the facts. 
Faith is finding God's Word, the truth, and applying it to the fact. The fact is the fact. The doctor said, da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. The fact is, the bank account says, da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. But the truth is, God supplies all my needs. The truth is, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. The truth is, whatever, whatever promise you're standing on, call it, call it. He says, I have made you on this plan. The provision is in the plan. Call the resources in because you're on the plan. Once again, this is not for whatever you decide to do. This is why relationship with God is so important. That I'm not created to be you and you're not created to be me. But on your plan, there's provision for you to be everything God has called and created you to be. Provision is in the plan. Say that provision is in the plan. I could tell you story after story after story about provision coming because we're staying on the plan. Even when it didn't look like there was anything, what were we doing? Provision, come. I call you in while we're staying focused on the plan. Step out to do what God's called us to do in the natural. No money, no money there to do what He's tells us to do. But remember, we're not moved by money, we're moved by the Word. Step out because we're in the plan and provision shows up. Can't tell you how many times I haven't felt good in my physical body, but I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved by the plan. And in the plan, I'm called to minister. Step up and begin to minister and healing. Just consume my body. Symptoms leave. Why? Because provision is in the plan. Provision is in the plan. Provision is in the plan. You've heard me tell, tell the story of, you know, I, I was in Midland, I was pastoring the church, and my office overlooked the private airport there, and for two years, every day, I knew in the plan, the provision got it dropped. I knew that I'm going to have airplanes. I knew I can't do what I'm called to do without airplanes. And so for two years, every day, I would thank the Lord. I would call the, the, the plane into my life. I'd thank you, Lord, for my airplane. Not only the airplane, but I need a pilot, too. They said, oh, when you get, a, you get up there and you fly, you're, you're just going to want to go to pilot school or whatever they call it, flying school. I'm like, eh, I'm good. God can provide a plane. He can provide a pilot. I just will be up there and study and be prepared, right? But for two years, I, I, I was calling the airplane in. For two years. Sure enough, I was in the plan, focused on the plan. I was overseeing several different churches at the time, burning, I mean, the candle at both ends, spent a lot of time driving back and forth. And the guy calls, this guy calls and says, hey, um, I've been praying about this guy and this guy and this guy, and I'm supposed to give you this airplane. I said, yes, the provision is in the plan. And sure enough, our, our first flight, this guy that went to my church was a pilot. We get up there in the air, and he's flying the airplane, and he gets filled with the Holy Spirit while we're up there 10,000 feet in the air. It was the coolest thing ever. says, that thing on autopilot, right? We're not going <laughs> to... See, provision, provision is in the plan. Say that provision is in the plan. You know, for almost nine years, I, I didn't rodeo. I didn't, I didn't do any of that type of stuff. But whenever the Lord released me to start roping and stuff again after I won the Rookie of the Year, before I did that, I started sowing seed. Now, I want to pause here for a moment. Because in order to connect to provision, there's some things that God has set up. And I just want to touch on these. And then I want you to pray over them. I want you to study them. Because in order for us to connect to God's provision, part of the plan has to do with us connecting to the covenant of increase with our tithe. Tithe simply means 10%. That means whenever a dollar comes in, 10 cent, you honor God with it. $100 comes in, $10, you honor God with it. It says that whenever we do this, it opens the windows of heaven. 
God pours out the blessing. He doesn't pour out a car. He doesn't pour out a house. He's not in the. He's not up there. Oh, there's a house. Ooh. You know, launching it from heaven. No, he, he pours out the blessing. The blessing means an empowerment upon your life for you to move forward. It connects us with the covenant of increase. And he says, and the devourer, he will not be able to destroy your fruit. He will not be able to destroy what you're called to. Now, are there battles? You better believe there are battles, but you've got to stand your ground because in the, in the plan is provision. In the plan, even whatever the devil tries to steal, because he's going to try to get you off the plan, he has to repay seven times everything that he steals. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 30 and 31. So if you've been stolen from financially, physically, relationally, mentally, in any area, God is a restoring God. Say restore. restore. So tithe. After that, sow seed. Tithing just opens the windows of heaven. It connects you to the covenant of increase. After that, learn to sow seed. Be a sower of seed, whether that's uh, to, to, to your brothers and sisters in the Lord, whether that's somebody on the street that's giving alms. You're not telling anybody or you're not doing anything. You're just sowing seed. You're, you're being a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. So you tithe. That opens the windows of heaven. You begin to sow seed. That's above and beyond your tithe. You sow seed to ministries. You sow seeds, whatever you're believing God for. If it's land, you know, pray about paying on somebody's land. If it's a house, pray about paying on somebody's house. If it's a whatever it is, learn to be a seed sower. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Right? So if we want to walk in provision that's in the plan, we're doers of God's Word doing it our way. A lot of times we want to bring God down to our way of doing things. And God gives us His Word to bring us up to His way of doing things. Well, bless God, you don't have to do all that. Stay right where you're at. How's that working for you? Right? How's that working for you? How is doing it your way working for you? Now, this isn't for the trier. It's for the doer. I'm not going to try to obey God's Word. I'm going to do God's Word. What are we going to do? We're going to put the plan first because the provision is on the plan. It's in the plan. Provision's in the plan. Say, provision's in the plan. Now, go with me, and I'm... I'm kind of skipping through some of this, just, just for time's sake. I want us to go to Ephesians chapter 2. We're in Romans 4. Let's stop by Romans chapter 8 on the way. We're going to make a pit stop here. Do a little touch and go. Say, provision is in the plan. Provision is in the plan. <coughs> now, verse 28 Romans chapter 8, it says, We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Pause. Is that you? And to those who are called according to His purpose. Are you in the process of fulfilling your purpose? Are you in the process of doing and being who God's called and created you to be? So he says, if you love God... What the devil meant for harm, God's going to turn it around for good. It doesn't mean that everything is good. See, that car wreck is not good. That sickness is not good. The losing an animal, it's not good. Divorce is not good. Poverty is not good. But he says, if we trust God and we honor God and we stay connected to God, he says, all these things will be turned around. In other words, Johnson paraphrase, we're going to shove it right up the devil's nose. 
Somehow, someway, God's going to take what the enemy meant for harm and he's going to turn it around for good. He says, because you love God and you're called according to his purpose. Say, that's me. Verse, verse 29, he says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. In the Amplified... It says, for those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning. Say, from the beginning. beginning. Foreordaining them to be molded into the image of his Son, to share inwardly his likeness, that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. From the beginning. Remember, we are redeemed from the curse. We are redeemed. We, we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Re... R-E, the prefix, always means to take back. Deems means to purchase. So through Jesus, He brought us back to what we ought to be, our original condition. What is, our, what is God's desire? That you and I were conformed into the image of His Son. Genesis 1.26 says, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. What was God's heart from the beginning? That we have dominion. That we conquer. That we rule. That we are victorious. That we are prosperous. That we are healed. That we are the head. God's original design is that you and I walk in relationship with God and walk in dominion upon this earth. God's original plan. And in Christ Jesus, we are in position to rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. Romans five seventeen. He says, God's original design beforehand predestined you and I to overcome. Beforehand, predestined for you and I to walk in God's best, to walk in provision, to walk in victory, to walk in joy, to walk in wisdom, to walk in peace, to walk in the plan because provision is in the plan. Where's provision? It's in the plan. Provision is in the plan. Now now let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Provision is in the plan. The relationships are in the plan. The homes, the lands, the buildings, the equipment, where is it? It's in the plan. Verse 10, Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified, it says, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works, say good works, which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life, which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. The good life is where? It's on the plan. He says, in Christ Jesus, you and I are recreated. We're born anew. And He has prepared ahead of time the plan. He's prepared ahead of time the path. He's prepared ahead of time a good life. But how am I going to walk this good life out? One day at a time, focusing on the plan, step into the plan, not just one time, every day you keep stepping. We're not looking just to get right inside the borders of Christianity. This is just getting us on the plan. God sent Jesus for you and I to enter into the plan. But then he says, keep stepping in the plan. So pause for a moment. What's, what's the last thing that God told you to do? Or whenever you look at these scriptures, are you doing what you know to do? When it comes uh, to forgiving, are you doing what you know to do? To praise and worship, are you doing what you know to do? He's not asking you to do anything you don't know. But remember, when God asks us to do something, the power of the Lord is present... 
for us to do it. He says, God has a good life for you and I. It's already prepared for you and I. Provision already prepared. Healing already prepared. Wisdom already prepared. You should look at your neighbor and say, thank the Lord. Joy already prepared, peace already prepared, homes, lands, buildings, everything that pertains unto life and godliness already prepared. Our provision is in the plan. Remember, go back to the ram, getting his horn stuck up there. Where was he at the day before? Where was he at two days before? Where was he at three days before? He was on the way, but as Abraham kept stepping, as Abraham kept obeying, he had an intersection with the provision. The provision is in the plan. 